I was 99% sure that this was Danielle, our friend uh, from 97X, playing a joke on us. <laughs> Why? I, I, I figured it was SJP because she was scheduled to call at 3.30. Right. Well, the hotline rang and Nikki ran out of the room and I picked it up. And there's no handler or anything. It's just Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, wow. And she's so friggin' nice that I thought there's no way this is an A-list celebrity being this nice to me. You think she would be mean? No, I just would think that there would be a handler who would go, hey, you know, we've got blah, 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 blah. But she's, Some people don't like those handlers. She's she's an awesome, she sounds so darn pleasant. So I said, well, hang on. She said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I had the wrong time. Do you want me to do it? I said, no, we, we've got you here. We're here to help you. So without further ado... I'm 98% sure now that it is really Sarah Jessica Parker. It's her. Joining us on the phone. And uh, I believe I'll push this button and we'll talk to her. Is this really Sarah Jessica Parker? This is Sarah Jessica Parker, Drew. And I, I guess I have no way of proving it, but um, we'll just have to, this is a kind of a leap of faith. Well, you do have a way of proving it. And, uh, and here it is because only, well, Sarah Jessica Parker or people familiar with her would know why I was familiar with her far before the rest of the world knew and loved her as Carrie Bradshaw because she was a part of what I consider to be an instrumental sitcom as I was growing up a child of the 80s with Marshall Blackman, with Johnny Slash, and only you would know the name of that show. What was it, Sarah Jessica Parker? Square pegs. Square pegs. One size does not fit all. What a great damn show. I don't feel like that show gets the run that it deserves. Do a lot of people come up to you and mention that show, or am I the only idiot? No, no, no. There are a few idiots. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. Um, no, there are the, 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 the cultured few, or the few that were alive. Maybe that's it. Um, I, no, there are people who are who were very devoted to that show, and it's always nice to hear that that somebody spent time with that cast of characters. I think it was an amazing show and beautifully written, and um, those were those were really wonderful roles for actors. They were sort of surprising, surprising I think. Sarah Jessica Parker, if someone had told you at that time that some 30-odd years later you would be still on top of the game, still making relevant shows like Divorce on HBO, your new show, that you would be known to the world as Carrie from uh, Sex and the City, would you have believed them? Um, perhaps not. I think what I, what I would have hoped, of course, is that I would, would get to continue to be a working actor. I mean, that was really all I ever wanted. I just loved, um, I loved the stage and I loved to be somebody else actually. And, um, I thought that seemed like a really nice way to spend my, my life's work. A lot of the uh, the work that you have done, uh, it's the lesser known roles that I really think that I, I fell in love with. Uh, the the Square Pegs, L.A. Story, which I'm sure for you, the opportunity to work with a legend like Steve Martin, that had to be a dream mm. come true, right? Com yeah, completely. It really was. I mean, like so many, I had grown up admiring his work, his physical comedy, his albums. Um, I would hear about him on SNL from my brothers. I was too young to watch, but they would sort of reenact the entire show on Sunday mornings. And um, and then as a young adult, I just I thought he was singular and magnificent, and um, it was a complete, total dream to work with him and for him. And I I loved playing that part because she was such a peculiar sort of. Um, Ingenue. <laughs> <laughs> a free spirit, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. We are speaking with the one and only Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, and she would, of course, like to remind you to get out there and vote today. It is a very important day in American history. Seth? Uh, Sarah, I saw on your Instagram that you voted today. Did anybody bother you when you were standing in line? No. Um, it was, I mean, it was a very spirited line, like 
like many lines, I think we're discovering all over the country, the lines were really healthy, really long. In at our precinct, they were wrapping around the block and the next corner into the next block, and people were in such in such good moods. I think, you know, even despite people's political differences, there is something sort of thrilling about the vote and being part of this democracy. And um, I think for many, it sort of is this communal experience that um, people like to share with others. And so everybody was in in great moods. And um, they're very early in the morning. We took our daughters with us, as we always do. And um, actually, they had a line for parents with children, I think, merely to get the kids out of the building. Um, (laughs) But the poll workers were great and so enthusiastic and were on their game and told everybody where their district was, and they were moving these long lines so efficiently. And I just want to say to all the poll workers that I'm so grateful for the service that they give because it makes our day doable. And for so many working people in this country who have two and three jobs who want to vote, um, the efficiency of these poll workers is is really fantastic, and they're sort of heroic today. Would you agree with me? Would definitely agree with you. I early voted because I didn't want to deal with any of that madness today, and I wanted to make sure my voice was heard. But a lot of people out there, those poll workers are uh, overworked and underappreciated, and I'm sure it means a lot yeah. that you would take the, the uh, time to recognize them. Soul Brother Kevin, yes. a question for the one and only Sarah Jessica Parker. I just want to say that um, I took a lot of flack from a lot of my friends uh, for watching Sex in the City, but I love that show, and I felt like all of you were my, my girlfriends. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so honored. I don't think anybody has ever said that publicly. Like, no, I was a defender <laughs> of the show. Well, that's very nice. It was really nice to have been your girlfriend. All right. Your I, couldn't, I couldn't just pick one of you. I needed a little bit from every woman. They're so greedy. Uh, Sarah, how did you get involved with that show? Because that was one of those shows on HBO when uh, HBO wasn't exactly the uh, the powerhouse that it became with, golly, yeah. what we're looking at now, Game of Thrones. Sopranos. And Sopranos and now Westworld, which is just unbelievable. How did you get involved with Sex in the City? Um, I got a call from um, my agent saying that Darren Starr, who at that point I think was pretty, still pretty entrenched in um, Beverly Hills 90210. He created that show. <gasps> and, my my um, fave. <laughs> and, um, he uh, told my agent that he had bought the rights to a book called Sex in the City, which was um, basically just the compiling of all of Candace Bushnell's columns from the New York Observer, Mm. and that he had written this pilot script, and he'd written it with me in mind to play this character of Carrie Bradshaw, and I read it, and um, I thought it was amazing and surprising, and like, it was a voice I had not ever read or experienced before, and I met with Darren, and he was lovely and generous, and um, at this meal, this, this sort of afternoon meal, he just said, I really think you should do this, and I talked about it with um, my then-boyfriend, I think, at the time, Matthew, and my brother, who's always been my counsel and my agent, and they all read the script and thought it was really special. And HBO, you're right, it was mostly a male-dominated network at the time. It was primarily sports, big sports events, you know, boxing events, and I think the two scripted shows on that channel at the time were shows about sports, I think, like, I don't even remember what they were, but... um, but it seemed like a great place to work, you know. It was sort of reinventing um, the idea of broadcast television, and it was um, sort of, uh, you know, breaking the conventions of, you know, they were creating, you know, alternative scheduling, and 
Um, and it was a very small little place run by a small group <laughs> of people at the time. And it was just an amazing place to create because they had enormous um, confidence in their choices and were very happy to support um, the experience. And um, obviously, our show went on to have a really wonderful life on that on that network. And I made some lifelong friends, and um, it became my home. And it was a, a sort of monumental and um, almost dreamlike experience for over 10 years. That's great. We are talking to the one and only Sarah Jessica Parker. I did hear you on Howard Stern, I believe it was last week. It sounded like you two got along famously, and he brought up the fact that Bob Downey Jr., when he was on that show, talked about getting together with you, uh, not to rekindle a flame, but just to kind of touch base again. Was Matthew Broderick okay with that, or were you just fudging oh, that no. for Howard's show? <laughs> no, no, no. I, he was he was very much okay with that. He's a, a wonderfully gracious person, and um, you know, he, I don't think he was threatened by the fact that um, when I was a young girl, I had a, a long relationship with somebody, and, and being friends is a perfectly acceptable way, I think, to continue a relationship. And it was nice to see him again and see him so well and healthy and catch up with him. And, you know, he's got children now, and he's happily married, and it was really pleasant, and my husband was really happy for me to have that experience probably a little intimidating that Robert showed up in the Iron Man costume. And, uh, it, it, <laughs> I didn't tell him that. <laughs> it is remarkable, though, when you look at Robert Downey Jr., as just a fan of 80s movies, his role in Less Than Zero as Julian I thought was magnificent. Like To see the life that he's lived, you never would have thought, at least I never would have thought as a fan way back then, that so many years later he'd be playing a Tony Stark slash Iron Man and still, I mean, he's box office gold for crying out loud. He really got his life yeah. together, right? Yeah, it's it's great. It's wonderful to see, and um, you know, it's it's nice that people are given second chances and mm-hmm. have an opportunity to um, kind of reshape their identity in terms of you know reputation. And um, yeah, I'm really pleased for him. Absolutely. We're speaking with Sarah Jessica Parker. Have you received any backlash for your uh, your outspoken support of Hillary Clinton? Have any of the <laughs> Trump supporters uh, hurled tomatoes or invective at you as they see you on the streets of Manhattan? Um, no, I no, they haven't. I mean, every now and then there's a, a wonderfully challenging verbal skirmish on Instagram. <laughs> but, um, no, I think, you know, I've been more outspoken about voting um, than I have been really about anything. I mean, I come from a long line of, um, uh, I mean, you know, my family has been politically engaged since long before I was born, and we've always assumed that it was our responsibility to participate, and that's mostly what I talk about. I, I think, you know, in, in the heat and the the, the passion that has been um, illustrated in this election cycle, we sometimes have forgotten that this, this is, for the most part, a two-party system. And um, obviously other parties have had um, some time to speak about what's important to them as well, but that it, it is a democracy and there's very likely people that don't agree with you. And I think it's a privilege to have the conversations with the people that don't agree with you. And it's not about them being wrong and me right or or me wrong and they're right. It's about being affected by a candidate and talking about what's important to you and issues that matter to you personally. And um, I think that I think for the most part, it's been good to have those conversations. And um, and I'm I'm happy to talk about this process because I want people to vote and 
um, I think it's okay to have a candidate. That's that's what the system's in place um, Mm. to allow us to do. What a refreshing viewpoint. Sarah Jessica Parker, a question from Seth. Well, Sarah, this is who I voted for for president. I wanted to see uh, Billy on the street appearing on that show. Where did it rank for you in your career highlights? Because (laughs) I thought you were just such a delight when you appeared with him. Oh, I love him. He's uh, that show is amazing. Um, I love doing it. I wish he'd screamed at me a little bit more. That was my great hope <laughs> that he would just scream at me the entire time I was running around the streets with him. Uh, but he's become a, a a good friend of our family and um, has spent a couple holidays with us. And um, I'm I'm so happy for his success. I mean, he's really just kind of um, blown up, and it's it's really nice to see because he's such a nice person and actually in in person he's not um he's not nearly as demonstrative (laughs) (laughs) one wouldn't think so uh before we let you go uh i have yet to watch an episode of this hbo series divorce give me some uh compelling reasons to watch i know talk to me about this because i just got into westworld i'm on like the fifth fifth episode right now and i I really need a new show so talk to me about this divorce and why i should watch it um well i First of all, you can catch up on HBO On Demand, HBO Now, HBO Go, um, so no excuses. Um, it's, it's sort of just uh, it's a really interesting portrait of a marriage and an attempt at divorce. It's um, about a married couple who have been together for, you know, maybe 15, 17 years. Mm. And in the pilot episode, a sort of monumental moment occurs, which allows the wife, my character, to reveal to her husband that she wants a divorce. You know, they've been through counseling, they've recommitted, and she's just feeling a sort of inertia. Um, and it's just really the story of how they manage or don't manage this attempt at divorce. And it's funny, and there's Molly Shannon's on it, and oh. Talia Balsam, and the great Thomas Hayden Church, and Tracy Letts, and it's heartbreaking and real and amusing and ridiculous and beautifully written. And it's such a thrill to be back home at HBO, and um, we're on right after Westworld. Um, but before I hang up, yes, I just, I just want to remind everybody, if they have a chance, and I know lives are busy, and no matter who you're voting for, if you can take the time to vote, it's an extraordinary experience. It's a gift. It's a privilege, and I, I hope everybody can find it, find time to do so today. And sometimes it means neighbors watching your kids, or helping out, or getting an elderly person to the precinct. Um, but whatever it takes, uh, this is such a rare and um, special gift and um, one of the great uh, things about being an American. Um, so Couldn't agree more. And especially here in Florida, where our last uh, attempt to legalize medicinal marijuana <laughs> failed miserably. Uh, well, not miserably. We're 3% away from passing. It's so important for everyone out there, even if you can't relate to either presidential candidate, get your vote out there. And if you're in line by 7 o'clock, don't get out of line until you cast your vote. So many people gave so much for our right to cast mm-hmm. a vote and participate in democracy that it is a spit in the face of everyone who who gave so much for suffrage uh, to, to not vote. So don't be lazy. Uh, get out to the polls, not just because Sarah Jessica Parker said so, but because it's the damn right thing to do as an American, right? <laughs> well said. Beautifully. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Listen, it is a pleasure to catch up with you. Congratulations on an illustrious Thanks. career. It is, it's so Thank nice you. to find out that you're such a lovely person on the phone. And uh, I do wish you continued success. And uh, I hope that we get the opportunity to speak with you again. Thank you. Likewise. So nice to meet you all and great to have time with my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. Have a great day. You too. Be well. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Am I in love with her?
Oh. She's my new Taylor Swift. And you didn't want to talk to her. I did too. Mm, you wanted Whoopi Goldberg. Well, I mean, you gave me a choice of SJP or Whoopi Goldberg. And then you, you told me to be the tiebreaker, and I said SJP. Well, you you clearly are the voice of reason on this show. Hey, she she is she's too nice. When I saw her on Billy on the street, and you know Billy just has a way of just eviscerating you to your face, and and people kind of like it. And she was smiling the whole time. What a delight! God, what a pleasant woman she is. Yes, she doesn't tweet though. She hasn't been active since the. Uh... She's on the gram. So should I hit her up on the gram? Yeah, hit her up. What, what are you going to comment on her? One of her pictures from five hours ago? That's not weird. I should have told her that. I should have said, "Hey, listen, I'm going to hit you up on the gram." Well, if you just say, hey, thanks thanks for coming on my show today. You were wonderful. Maybe she'll, well, you can't really like an Instagram comment. And she's not going to follow you. No. There's nothing to gain from that. Just You had a great outro. You could slide into her DMs. No, 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 no. no, no. no. She'd have to follow me. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's, come well, on. Well, that's, not, on, not on Insta. You have to respect Matthew Broderick. I respect Ferris. You can't slide into her DMs just because you had a great conversation with her. God, one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And a great phone connection. And she was early. So early. So, and yeah. and she like, she, I set up the whole thing. Like I picked it up and she's I like, know, I'm hi, sorry. this is Sarah. And I'm like, what? I'm so sorry. It's okay. But I just. Uh, yeah, she was wonderful. My God. And she didn't even like play the pro Hillary thing. She was like, just vote. Do you think that she's that nice 24-7? No, I think she kicks puppies as soon as she's not on the radio any longer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got to go. Hello. Here we go again. This is the Drew Garabo live hit and track of the day. Don't tell any of your stupid friends. Shh. Welcome to our show, and thank you very much for being here, Magic. Well, thanks for having me, Drew and Seth. And I'm sorry, man. I, You know, look. It was just a great, great robbery between the Celtics and the Lakers and uh, Larry Bird and myself. And, man, I think it changed basketball and uh, for the better. It totally did. There's no doubt about it. Basketball had been lagging for a little bit. It needed the rivalry. Those Celtics-Lakers finals games, I remember a magic, and I'm sure you do too, like they were about five years ago when you missed those, and I don't mean to bring up a sore spot, but when you right. missed those free throws in the finals that allowed the Celtics to steal that game, that was the most elation I ever felt. And then when you <laughs> then when, when you hit that baby hook shot over Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish to win that game in Boston, you broke my freaking heart, man. Well, you know what? That those series gave me my highs, my, my greatest highs, and my lowest lows because, you know, uh, in '84, um, I cost us that championship, and um, yep. that's when the Celtics beat us. God sometimes bless you with a, a chance to uh, uh, have that opportunity again, and so in '85, when we replayed them again. Uh-huh. Uh, gave me a chance to redeem myself and the Lakers to beat the Celtics. And then in 87, it was just, that was one of the greatest teams uh, I've ever played on, our 87 team. And just like, uh, when you think about McHale, when you think about Parrish and Bird, I I guess it would be probably what their 80, I don't know, what 86 team was probably their greatest team. No question. And our greatest team was 87. No doubt about it. We're speaking with Magic Johnson. Hey, Magic, do you ever toss on those short, old-school shorts and just run errands around town in them? Uh, Seth, I can't get into them, man. (laughs) 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 You you forgot how short, short, hot pants them, them things were back in the day. 
Shoot, I couldn't even get one leg in, you know. <laughs> that was my. It was going to be my Halloween outfit. <laughs> We're speaking with Urban Magic Johnson. Now we want to, of course, let everybody know. Obviously, you got to get out and rock the vote today. And we want to thank yeah. the Obama campaign for hooking us up with this interview. Here's your moment to go ahead and pimp for Obama, Magic. Well, I think you know. First of all. I'm just so proud of President Obama. You know, he created 5 million jobs, even in a recession, tough economy. He's going to turn the economy around. He's focusing on small business because small business creates jobs in America. So he gave seven, uh, seven, he had 17 tax cuts for small business owners. And so that was great. He saved the automotive industry with the bailout where Romney opposed that, didn't want that to happen, let Detroit go bankrupt. He saved my, personally saved my state of Michigan, Ohio, by saving all those jobs. And then when you think about education, he's for young people. He want to make sure that college, uh, that they, uh, parents can afford to send their, their children to college. Uh, when you think about safety of the country, we feel safe now. He killed bin Laden. He's ending the war in Iraq. I mean, his track record is unbelievable. But at the end of the day, this is the one man that I trust uh, is President Obama. And I think he's going to be just like President Clinton was. He, he'll be a better president his second term. And uh, and he's for the people. Where Romney's saying, forget 47% of the people. That's the middle class and poor. President Obama is for everybody. And so, that again, President Obama is the man we can trust. Now, at the end of the day, everybody get out and vote. Yes. Get out and vote. No matter how long the lines are, stay in them. Get out and vote. And President Obama is going to make turn this country around. It's going to be great for all of us. Hey, Magic, did you already vote, or are you going to stand in line today? No, I'm, I'm getting ready to uh, remember it's only 5 Five o'clock in the morning here. Yes. <laughs> open at seven. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to vote. We're, we're, you know, we're we're just waking up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you waking up early for us, Magic. And tomorrow is the 21 year anniversary of your retirement from the NBA after making that historic announcement. Was it more di- difficult looking back at that, Magic? Was it more difficult sharing the news with Cookie, your wife, or was it more difficult facing the nation and making? a very heartfelt announcement. No, it, it was uh, sharing, sharing the news with my wife is harder than anything I had to do when you think about HIV. And, um, you know, you never want to hurt the one person that loves you, supports you, your best friend. So Cookie is so, so outstanding as a mother, as a wife. And, uh, you know, I met her as a freshman in college, so we've gone through a lot together. So telling her and hurting her uh, um, was the hardest thing that I had to do. And thank God she stayed with me and supported me. Yeah, I've had a great support system. And thank God the meds have worked, so I've taken my meds. I, I work out every morning, so Good. I'm going to vote. I'm going to work out, and, uh, and then I'm going to go have a great day and watch President Obama win. <laughs> well, we appreciate the time, man. I'll tell you, as a, as a Larry Bird fan and a Boston Celtics fan, if you had told me that 20-something years later that I'd be able to speak to you, Magic, I don't know what yeah. I would have thought at the time. But now, yeah. as an NBA fan, man, it is it is a pleasure and an honor. And, uh, man, I'm so proud of you for what you've done for being an ambassador for HIV and getting out there and letting people know that they have a voice, man. Irvin, nothing but a pleasure speaking with you this morning. Uh, 
been my pleasure for both you, uh, Drew and Self. And, uh, man, keep on doing what you guys doing, rocking Tampa. And uh, <laughs> next time I'm in Tampa, I'm going to come on the show. Boom. We're going to hold you to that, Magic. That's a, that's a binding contract. And then for old time's sake, since you're a Celtic, I'm going to uh, have a shootout with you. Oh, oh, oh. You know what? I'm going to get my full-on Larry Bird warm-up gear, and I'm going to be just like that Converse commercial that you guys did together. I'm going to throw off that warm-up gear and say, come on, Magic, show me what you got. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. God bless both of you, man. Continue to do what you're doing. God we will, bless, Magic. Magic. God bless you, man. Thank you very much for your time. At Planet Fitness, a lot has changed since 1998, but our membership has always been just $10 a month. On June 28th, that rate will increase to $15 a month for new members. So if you've been thinking about joining, now is the perfect time to lock in $10 a month for good. Once you join, your rate will never increase for the life of your membership. Enjoy free fitness training and equipment for every workout, all in the judgment-free zone for $10 a month. Don't miss out. Offer ends Thursday, June 27th. Rejoining after cancellation will result in change in membership price. See club for details. 